If I'd been born so much as a century earlier, I don't know if I'd have made it. And that's never more obvious to me than when I try to light a fire. First, I pick the driest, most bark-covered piece of wood in the bin. Then I carefully stack it so that it's got some room to breathe. And I make sure the flue is open, and I add a fire starter, which I carefully cocoon in newsprint to ensure that there's plenty of tinder. And then, just to be on the safe side, I usually add a little bit of cardboard for good measure. And then, and only then, do I get out the lighter and let the flames lick the newsprint until it catches. Now, if anyone else were lighting this fire, in a couple of minutes, the log would catch and you'd have a good blaze going. But as it's me, I'll be back in less than five to add fresh newsprint because I didn't even manage to get the fire starter to catch. But that's just me and fires. I routinely burn my fingers with matches. I, uh, I occasionally have trouble with tea lights, and I'm probably the only person in creation who has failed to snuff a candle with a candle snuffer. It's... Um, it's kind of embarrassing, actually, but I, uh, I usually chalk it up to inexperience or uh, being too tentative with the flames, as it was made very, very clear to me from a very early age that fire was dangerous, that a fire could hurt, that fire consumes, that fire would burn well beyond my ability to control unless I tended to it very, very carefully. And it's a lesson I learned so well, I can still be a bit anxious just holding a match. But fire isn't the only flame we're warned to be wary of. Because from the moment we're born, we're also ablaze with passion. I mean, it should be obvious to anyone who's spent any time around kids, but our passions burn brightly. When we're happy, we laugh. When we're sad, we cry. If something excites us, we run around in circles and talk our parents' ears off. And if the next thing makes us angry, well, get ready for slam doors and screaming. From the moment we're born, our passions burn brightly. But it isn't something we're allowed to do for very long. Pretty soon we get the hint that it's better to smile than to laugh. That crying isn't condoned, that excitement shouldn't show so much, and that anger is unacceptable. And there are good reasons for this. Laughter, well, it can be disruptive. Tears, many find unsettling. Unchecked excitement can be irritating, and anger, uncontrolled, can be downright dangerous. Not to mention all the trouble we can get ourselves into if we let our other feelings, like uh, fear and envy, run away with us. And so we're taught to treat our passions like we would an open flame. That passion can hurt, that passion consumes, that passion will burn beyond our ability to control unless we tend to it very, very carefully. And it's a lesson we learn so well that by the time we're adults, all we feel are faint flickers of the inferno that once drove us to live our lives with such effervescence and enthusiasm. Well, that's not always a bad thing. Personally, I was quite sick and tired of being an angry young man. The unintended consequence is that we tend to bank our passions so thoroughly that our ardor cools to the point of apathy 
and the flame goes out. And what's true of our passions is also true of the Spirit. I mean, as kids, when we first came to church, it would have been obvious to anyone just how brightly the flames of the Spirit burned within us. When someone said something funny, we laughed with delight. When things were more serious, we were solemn and attentive. When we sang, we sang with gusto. When we left, we left running, and nothing could make us stop babbling excitedly as we burned with the love we'd found and met in Jesus Christ. We were ablaze with the Spirit. But that kind of fiery faith wasn't indulged for too long. Pretty soon we took the hint that laughing wasn't allowed, that quiet solemnity was all that was tolerated, that we shouldn't sing if we couldn't carry a tune, that our enthusiasm for church wouldn't cause us to run or talk or act out of turn, and that our zeal for Christ should be curbed lest we get carried away. And sure, we had our reasons. We'd say that, well, laughter is disrespectful. Worship should be serious. Over-exuberance for God and God's love distracts the minister, disrupts the choir, and disturbs the people sitting in the pews and that zeal for our faith has led us into making more than one mistake. And so we were taught to treat the spirit like we would an open flame, to fear it could hurt, to fear it would consume, to fear it would burn beyond our ability to control unless we tended to it very, very carefully. And we learned it so well that by the time we were adults, all we felt were the faint flickers of that faith that once drove us to live with such effervescence and enthusiasm. And the unintended consequence was that we banked the blazing fire of the spirits within us so completely that our faith became tepid and its flame no more than an ember. Better boring than burned, we reckoned. And I suppose there may be a bit of truth to that. But for all that it burns, that's, that's not all a fire is. Fire is light. Its flame is what pushed back the darkness of primordial night so that safe within its circle, we could sleep without fear, develop our minds and indulge our creativity when the day's work was done. Fire is warmth. Not a surprise to those of us who have been cuddling up next to a fire all winter, but fires would allow us to survive the chill nights far from our African homeland and expand into every corner of the globe. Fire is also restless. If you ever stop to watch a campfire, I'm sure you've noticed that the flames are always in motion. They flicker and sway as they dance in the darkness, always looking to grow, to be more than it is if there's anything there to burn. And yes, fire does burn, but not without purpose, because what it burns is impurity. It purges the bacteria from our food, the deadwood from our forests, the underbrush from our fields, and the dross from our metals. Whatever we deem to be unwanted or unworthy, incomplete or broken, can be cleansed with fire. 
Its flaws consumed until all that's left is stronger and purer than what came before. But above all else, what a fire is, is alive. Think about it for a moment. Fire needs fuel to eat, air to breathe, it moves, it grows, it excretes, it can even reproduce by starting fires in places the flames don't touch. By most definitions, fire isn't just another elemental force, but possessed of a life of its own. But only as long as it burns. Starve it of fuel, deprive it of air, bank it in a box so it has nowhere to grow, and soon enough you'll see that a fire can die just like anything else. And the spirit is no different. The spirit is light. It's flame within us what pushes back the darkness of fear and ignorance so that we might see the light of compassion, understand one another, and explore the mysteries of our infinite universe. The Spirit is warmth, the comforting warmth of our mother's womb that thaws our frozen hearts with a love so profound that we can't bear another second of isolation and begin sharing it with God and with others. The spirit is restless, never content, never at rest. Like tongues of flame, the spirit within us is always in motion, pushing our boundaries, spurring us onward, and always encouraging us to grow, to be more than we are. And yes, the spirit does burn, but not without purpose, because what it burns is impurity. It purges the sin from our souls, the hate from our hearts, the injustice from our systems, and the brokenness from our world. Whatever God deems to be unwanted, unworthy, incomplete, or broken is cleansed by the spirit. Its flaws consumed until all that's left is stronger and purer than what came before. Because what the Spirit is, is alive. The spark of life. The breath of God. Fed by our love in action. A language that is in no need of translation because we all understand food for the hungry. Rest for the weary. Care for the sick and how much a hand outstretched can mean to the hopeless. The Spirit is life, the source of our passions, the ones that send us spilling out into the streets, laughing, singing, dancing, crying our heart outs for sorrow and joy as we share the gospel and proclaim our God. But only so long as it burns. Because like the fire it's named for, Starve it of mission, deprive it of love, bury your feelings so it's got no room to grow, and soon you'll see that the Spirit's flames can die down like anything else. So yeah, while we need to be cautious, and some of us might reckon that <clears throat> it's better to be boring than burned, it's God who says to us, with tongues of Pentecostal fire, that it's better to burn than be boring. And I guess that means that we have a choice to make. 
we can continue to let our faith be tepid, to let our hearts grow colder, to prune them of passion until the Spirit's flames are little more than embers. Or we can stoke that fire, feed it with love, fuel it with justice, grow it with mission and ministry and care and community until the Spirit God gave us glows white hot within us, a pillar of fire for all to see. But whatever we choose, we choose it today. Because today is Pentecost. And I say, let it burn. Now can you say amen to that?